0: Out of the swamp and into Bitcoin
1: Grove, I'm Captain Brunch Swinging from tree to tree, jumping in the window, it's Jim. Saturday,
0: November 4th, Saturday
1: Night Lit, how's it going Chim? Coming to you with episode 41
0: Here we uh, are at Bitcoin Grove, not quite Bitcoin Grove Studios, but but something like that
1: Well this is a, the official Saturday Night Lit table <laughs> Is it until it's not right? Until the, the, another table becomes. Cause until this is they the, move
0: it. This is maybe the third table we've used here. I don't know. Maybe the second.
1: Well, no, this is a storage closet. It's not quite Bitcoin Grove yet. The storage closet. We're not in the storage closet right now.
0: But anytime we, we're at Bitcoin Grove, it's the storage. closet. It's the storage closet. Yeah, there's a mop about to fall on me.
1: Crash! Insert <laughs> crashing let emoji. Me,
0: let me try not to step into this bucket of of like soapy dirty water. So how's it going, Shep? How's it going, Champ?
1: It's going. Um, can I tell you about my, how Starbucks tried poisoning me today? Oh my God. <laughs> okay. So
0: this now, now everything is revealed because you had already told me that you had a stomach ache, but you, but we made it a point not to talk about why you had a stomach ache. So what's...
1: But I kept teasing it. <laughs> yeah. What, <laughs> what did they do to you? Starbucks tried poisoning me. It's true. So I am a avid drinker of The nitro cold brew. Pretty much the only thing I drink at a Starbucks. Um, Nitros are the best. It's worth the $5. What what the hell's a nitro? I mean, I know, but. It's just a cold brew and they um, put it in a, you know, like, what is it? Like um, nitrogen is infused into it like you would a beer with, you know, CO2. And for some reason it just makes it taste creamier. Yeah, it gives it's this wonderful texture. And the, after a day, it goes back to regular cold brew, which I'm fine with. But that initial hit is just so sweet, so good. Mm-hmm. But it has to be fresh, though, because I've had the canned stuff. I've had beers that were um, nitrogen as well. It's just, eh, it just doesn't, doesn't save. It has to be fresh straight off the tap. So anyway, so I say that all to say I know what a good nitro tastes like, at least from Starbucks, right?
0: And you know what it should
1: taste like at what Starbucks. What it should taste like. And I've, you know, I've, I've had their shitty ones too, but for the most part, I have a good idea. Today, this morning, um, it tasted really weird. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I'm thinking in my head, oh, you know, it's the holidays. Maybe they're adding some stupid holiday flavor to it. And I couldn't quite capture what the flavor was. And like, are you just sipping this more and more or how is this? Yeah. Cause it's, it's the morning, and like Saturday mornings. Um, I take my stepmom shopping, so I need the extra energy. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't sleep much the night before. So I'm like, oh, I need to wake up I'm trying to drink the coffee. And it's just like, this tastes like shit, but I can't like, is it just a flavor that I don't like? That's, that's what I thought. But I couldn't remember what the flavor was. Whatever. But these are like flavors of black coffee though, right? <laughs>
0: Cause isn't, don't you just, it's just a black coffee.
1: Yeah. It's just black coffee. That's been different beans, different bean. I figured it was different bean or maybe they added like a little bit of syrup or something, something just, Uh just to change the flavor anyway. So I didn't drink much of it, but I did definitely take a few sips. The day goes on.
0: Uh Oh, I mean, your stomach is still hurting. So (laughs) oh God, it's 9 PM.
1: That was at what? Nine, nine in the morning. And then later in the day, I'm like, I'm already home. It's like two o'clock. And I'm, I go to the coffee and I, I go to drink and I'm like, mm, what is this fucking flavor? But now I take a sniff. Oh no. That doesn't smell like coffee. It smelled like isopropyl alcohol. Yeah. I'm like, this is fucking alcohol. Or it's some sort of cleaning fluid, something. I guess maybe they didn't clean out the tank correctly, or they didn't clean out the the tap correctly, or something. But like I said, I know what their cold brew tastes like, and this is fucking alcohol. Uh (laughs) And then that's where the stomach aches kicked in. I didn't have the stomach aches before. Oh, psychosomatic. That's what you. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, did you ever like talk to the Starbucks about the situation? Did you? Yeah. So I called them a few hours ago. I'm like, Hey, just to let you guys know, I had a cold brew earlier there and there's definitely some alcohol in there. Some, some, some sort of cleaning fluid. So just please make sure you clean it out. Just check it out. And the girl's like, um, okay. Um, thank you. Um, but, uh, just to let you know, um, there's, there's not a drop of that stuff anywhere near there, but thank you. Bye.
0: Oh, you called corporate after that, right? Because, I mean, if I talk to a stupid bitch like that on the phone, I'm like, I want to get you fired, you dumb whore. I don't want to get anyone fired. Excuse my fired. I, don't, I don't hate women.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It's like, I can't prove it. Like, yeah, I, I would love to sue Starbucks and get a bunch this of This is money. America.
0: You don't have to prove like, anything. Just show up there with that cup and be like, smell this, you assholes.
1: They're closed now.
0: <laughs> well, in the mo- tomorrow morning? I
1: already dumped that shit. <laughs> oh, well, good for you, but ugh. So yes, so I didn't call the poison control center. Thankfully, I have a body made of steel when it comes to this stuff. Not dead yet. Okay. So if if, but uh, I'm drinking beers, (laughs) which is probably worse. If
0: you stop responding to my text messages and then I find your dog eating your corpse. I'll know. Okay. That's a very interesting story, Chimp. Um, I hope that you're okay. I think I'm fine.
1: Cool. It was probably like <clears throat> you know it was, it was what probably happened was they didn't clean it properly afterwards cuz all these big industries like they don't actually use isopropyl alcohol it's just like some proprietary cleaning fluid ones for sanitizing ones for whatever uh-huh and pr- someone probably didn't wash it down with water afterwards that's what you're supposed to do so they probably just missed a spot and it just contaminated the whole fucking thing the whole thing sounds unpleasant to me Sounds very unpleasant to me. Anyway, so that was my poisoning story. How are you doing? Well, I'll tell you what. I'm very happy that it's a
0: Saturday. Um, I'm happy for a weekend. I'm just so exhausted from my last week and a half. It's been a very, very busy week. But before I go into, uh, before I talk anything about that, I, I do want to tell you a kind of a quick story about something that happened to me at work yesterday that uh, a very unexpected and atypical experience. So I had to install or assist this subcontractor who was um like a marine corrosion specialist installing or replacing these devices on this yacht. And in the process of doing so, we had to access a uh, an area that was below deck. And to get to it, we had to open a hatch in the crew area. Oh, my God. <laughs> so like right in the floor, right next to the crew dining room, like in the hallway, like the the door opens right next to the seat, like the couch around the dining table that they have. So, we, you know, I had to keep opening and closing this stupid hatch to get to this space or to get out of this space or to get into this space. So one of the times that I was going into this space, the guy that I was working with was leaving it, and so he had already opened the hatch for me. And then as I was as I was coming in, um, as I was coming in, I, and I went to cl- close the hatch, like the, this lady who was one of the crew members, she started like giving me a lecture about how we have to be really careful about the hatch because there's people walking around and we need to make sure that we knock before we open the hatch to make sure that there's no one standing above it and that we need to make sure to close the hatch and that when we close the hatch, we need to make sure that there's nothing in the way because she said that basically someone had closed the hatch on her foot. Now, this is like a big, heavy hatch. It probably weighs more than 100 pounds. So the idea that someone closed this on her foot just sounds extremely unpleasant. (laughs) And it sounds like unbelievable in a way because she's suggesting that it happened that day. Yeah. But I'm like, you would, you'd be in the hospital if this hatch was closed on your foot. So so there's something else that happened and you're not really explaining it very well. And you're just pearl clutching.
1: Yeah. This is this term. Um, I keep imagining though, that like if that boat was out to sea and you know, someone got murdered, (laughs) they would hide the body there. (laughs) Um, but it's probably a space that they have
0: to go to relatively, like probably like once every few weeks, maybe or something. I'm not sure. There was a few different things down there, but the thing that I'm they would never have to go there to look at the thing that I'm working on. But in any case, so, you know, so I had this interaction with this crew member, this female crew member. So then I go about my work, and then look a little bit later, I'm leaving the boat. And I'm going to the engine room. So I have to pass by the main deck area to get to the engine room area. And the project manager's walking on the boat. So I say hi to him, wave to him as he's going upstairs. And then the captain's calling him over. and And as he's walking over to the captain, this guy, the captain starts like cursing and screaming about somebody, like talking just like horrible things and saying the guy's like a fucking idiot and he did this thing. He did it twice and something I'm like, oh shit, is he talking about me? So I go over there and as soon as this captain sees me, he starts screaming at me. He's just like cursing me out and like calling me names and telling me to get the fuck off the boat. And he like doesn't want me anywhere near his boat. And I'm just like, Holy shit. Like what the fuck is going on right now? Like there's a bunch of confusion and this guy's losing his shit right now. So whatever, I leave the boat cause I'm like, okay, well I don't want to be around this guy <laughs> mm-hmm. regardless of whatever happened. Because I didn't, uh, as far as I know, I didn't do anything. So, so the, the project manager's like, well, you know, what happened? You know, like what's going on? Like what, you know, I don't understand. And I'm like, dude, like, let me tell you, like, this is the interaction that I had with this lady. Uh, but like, as far as I know, I, I, I don't, like, I didn't do anything wrong and I don't understand what's going on. And, and, you know, like that guy's fucking nuts and, like the only, the only, the only reason I didn't curse him out was because I'm an employee here and I'm not like my own independent contractor and I'm not trying to lose my job at this one moment over this one project. But if I was an independent contractor, I would have lost that one project because I could just move on to some other project. Right. So fuck that guy. But so, but I couldn't, you know, so whatever. Anyways, long story short, I was very shook up by this whole thing because I'd never been treated like that um, at work going to be a good lead into my story.
1: <laughs>
0: Continue. I'd never been treated like that at work. Uh, and I told, I told my manager, I'm like, if, if anyone ever talks to me like that again, I'm probably going to have to quit like right there on the spot because this is just like the notion that anyone thinks is ex- acceptable behavior in this industry. Like we're working at the highest level of luxury. Like if you're a fucking prick, I want to fucking throw you off the ship into the water. And that's what he was ready to do to me. You know, so the fact that he's such a, like a, you know, trigger, uh, what do you call it? Like a, when someone's like trigger happy, I guess that's, that's not the quite, quite the word that I'm looking for. Very
1: loose with the mouth.
0: Yeah. You know, and then he's a captain. Like this is just shocking to me. Exactly. This guy is the captain and this is like a nice boat. It's a big boat. Um, Fuck it. The boat is called Carson. So if anyone listens to this, like the captain of Carson, his name's Matt. He's a fucking asshole. Fucking he asshole. He to me. I don't care if I get fired. Fuck for having said this. No one listens to this show. But if for some reason someone does listen to this show, Matt is a prick. He shouldn't be captaining any boats because he obviously doesn't know how to like react calmly under you know, a, a stressful situation, he fucking flips. And then everyone's like, yeah, he's a bulldog. He's a bulldog. I'm like, well, who the fuck let a bulldog into a fucking China shop, which is what a yacht is. You know, a yacht is a China shop. It's anyways. So they investigate. And then they're like the, the, my manager comes back to me. He's like, yeah, you know, the, that captain owes you a big apology um, because yeah, he he like was confused about who who was who, and he you know, <laughs> and so you know he he thought you were someone else, and I'm like, well, obviously, <laughs> but still, like the whole thing is just completely unreasonable. Like it didn't need to get to that. It it shouldn't have been like that. Even if supposedly, even if someone slammed a, a hatch on a lady's foot, there are professional, adult, mature ways to handle that that are not screaming like a little spoiled brat. Uh, And I can only imagine like to be working under this guy. Like these people must, it must be like a dictatorship, you know, like where I remember when I used to work for Todd's tickets.
1: Oh God. Like, from the past.
0: God, and like, you know, Todd was just like such a micromanager and he always, it, like, it was like being under a dictatorship because, you know, if his mood was good, everything was cool. But if his mood wasn't good, then it was like being in hell and you had to baby this guy and you had to, you know, psychologize and psychoanalyze and, and fix his life so that your life, your, like your work life could be normal again. And so... Yeah. You know, that's pretty much my story. So at the end of the day, he did like later in the day, he did apologize to me. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't need apologies, right? Like I, what, what what, I tell people is, uh, don't be sorry, be better. So <laughs> wow. A brunchism right there. <laughs> I know. Right. So like the sorry is whatever for his own sake. I am like, okay, I shook his hand. I'm going to save that for that. For next time you do
1: something, you say, sorry.
0: I got yeah, you. Yeah, it's it's perfect. It's such a good line. Don't be sorry, be better.
1: I didn't say it was a good line, but I'm gonna use it on you. I hate you. I hate you,
0: <laughs> chimp. So that, that was that that was that story. Um and you said it's a good lead into your story, so what's
1: your story? So um speaking of um, not necessarily outland. You're saying how you know um, if I was an independent contractor, I would just you said losses thing. Yeah. So I did quit the band. Uh huh. <laughs> um, not a similar story, but <laughs> okay. Let me see. But how. it's because you are an ind- in that band. You were an independent
0: contractor, right? Yeah. Um, and that wasn't your day job, so it's not like you were just you know throwing your livelihood out the window.
1: Yeah, I could just walked away. Exactly. I agree. But it wasn't like I. So I was getting. Something I I did enjoy actually being in that band Yeah Playing with the people And not just playing out But just playing music Like I was getting value out of it But I guess my friendship with the individual um, Band members Wasn't enough to be You know If I felt like I got slighted I was like okay fuck this shit Like I'll just (laughs) not talk to you guys again I don't care whatever It's not, not that big of a deal and I shouldn't even say the band members. There's specifically one person, the person that I originally met at work and got me into the band. Would you say he was the band leader? It's hard to say. I guess he is, but isn't. I don't know. Because like they the band all-
0: Band manager?
1: Eh, not a very good manager. <laughs> I'm not saying he's good, but but that's like his role perhaps in a way. Right. So, Because I, I, like they're, the three of them are part of like two different bands. So I feel like- he did kind of manage that band. And then the guitarist managed the other band, which is more his band, his music. So that's my assumption. Anyway, so we'll call him Joe. because That's his name. <laughs> 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 so anyway, so how to tell the story. Basically, when it came to money, there wasn't much of a conversation there. Um, I guess that's partly my fault. That's something that I would definitely explore in the future more, but. Yeah, because probably when you're
0: just kind of joining a, you know, a band that's not like your full-time job, like you said, you met this guy through your work. So obviously this guy also has a day job. And so this was just like, you know, a passion project. It's a hobby, it's a side thing. And so when you're just kind of joining a situation like that, you're not really thinking about compensation you're thinking about like you said earlier about like you're enjoying being a part of a band and playing with people making music and when you're doing shows because i mean we used, we were in a band together we did shows money isn't usually even an option right like we're not usually getting paid for our shows so i can understand why that wouldn't have been like at the top of your mind to like be like hey guys what's the status of when we do shows like who gets paid what where does the money go who's who's negotiating that who's organizing that all right continue
1: And even if I, like, even if I wasn't getting paid, I was, to me, it was more so transparency, like knowing how much was being made and where it was going to for whatever reason, you know, like just, I want that transparency. Um, So I only played a couple of shows with them that actually involved money that where where the venue was actually charging at the door. So the first one was a couple weeks ago, and this is mostly takes takes place in the in in the group chat, right? And then one of the guys was like, "Hey Joe, how much money did we make on that show?" And then he was like, "Oh, not much. It was like less than forty bucks. I just gave it back to the venue," which I kind of felt like, "Is that true?" Gave it back to
0: the venue. It's such a weird thing. Like, why would you even do that?
1: Yeah. And, like, you know, I mean,
0: it's one thing maybe to give it to the promoter of the event, someone who organized the event, but to give it to the venue, that just seems like weird. Well,
1: the venue is also the, the promoter, I believe. It's, yeah. It's the guy who runs the bar, the bar called Tough Times so in Pompano. And um, apparently the bar didn't do that great that day. So, you know, oh, they felt bad, whatever. Like, mm, I think it's a lie, but whatever. Anyway. I mean, how was,
0: like, when you play, I mean, you played the show. How did the crowd seem? How did the bar seem that day?
1: I don't have anything to compare it to. Did you see people there? Were there
0: people drinking? Yes, yes, of course. That's what I'm asking.
1: Yeah, of course. Anyway. um, Anyway, so I was like, uh, my response to that was. (laughs) (laughs) Brain thinking hamster spinning on the wheel. So my response to that in the chat was like, oh damn, you know, like I could have used, even though it was just 40 bucks between four guys, that's 10 bucks each. I could have used those 10 bucks for drinks. I did buy a couple of drinks. Whatever. Um, Didn't you quit drinking? Yeah. I'm not buying. (laughs) I was, I drank the couple of times that I was there at like at that show and the show before that.
0: Mm -hmm. And you know, there's nothing wrong with celebrating a little bit. But what Was I saying? Okay, so you were like, "Yeah, we probably could have got drinks with that forty bucks. Like, we probably could have got a couple, like, a drink, one drink for each of us,
1: right?" And then he immediately—I was going to say—side slack. He he immediately text messaged me on the side. Not in the chat anymore. Slid into your DMs. <laughs> slid into your DMs. Text message. <laughs> <laughs> Same shit. And was like, oh, how much did you spend? Let me know. I'll I'll, I'll sell you the money. And I'm like, no, it's okay. Don't worry about it. I mean, you know, it's just it's just a matter of yeah. You're like
0: you're not hard up for cash. It's just that you know. I mean, if it was if there was just money sitting on the table, we could have you know. I mean, we could have given it to the venue in the form of buying drinks from them.
1: Right. It's it's like we we were all there performing in action. Like we provided a service and we're receiving money for it. Like, why are you making decisions what is made with that money? And if you do make the decisions, that's fine. But are you going to tell everyone else? Yeah. Why did someone else have to ask you, hey, how much did we make on that show? (laughs) You know, like it should be more. And if you guys are having meetings about this, I would like to know. Yeah. You're a member of the (laughs) band, right? Exactly. So whatever. Anyway. And didn't
0: you guys have to replace the drummer? Yeah. So you're even not the newest member of the band, right? Technically, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm not a member of the band anymore, well, Okay, period. Yeah,
1: we get, okay, you're getting to that part of the story, so. <laughs> so, okay, so then now the last show, which was Friday, so a week ago, actually, less than a week ago, more than a week ago. This was a larger show, it was a Halloween show, a lot more people there. The The venue made a lot more money, same place. Great show, we had fun. And then I stayed a little later hanging out as, as the night um, was winding down. And then I saw the guy come up to Joe to give him money. It was like 200 bucks. And so I go up to him and I'm, I, I don't say anything. I just look at him and he just looks at me and he's like, he gives me a weird look. And he must've known like what I was thinking. Cause he immediately just handed me a 20 here, here for, 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 for cash. I mean, t- 10%. Right. Um, for, as if it
0: was a 10 person band or something like <laughs> that. Okay.
1: For, um, for, for gas. And then I, I don't move at all. I'm like, I don't, I don't want that. I just, I want transparency. Like I, I, I want to know, you know, like how much we're making and, and where it's, where it's going. And, and his immediate response was like, Oh, there's a ledger. Okay, cool. I want, I want to see the ledger. So that was the end of the night I left. I was leaving anyway. I ended up being pretty pissed about this though. Cause it was like, I, I guess I didn't show it there, but I, I I was, I was definitely annoyed. And then in the morning when I woke up I sent a text to the, to, to the group chat. And I was like, hey, guys, I'm not going to play another show until I see that ledger um, that Joe was talking about. You know, this should be a given. I shouldn't be having to ask for this. And there wasn't really a response. It was just too, you know, I guess on a, on an iPhone, iMessage thing, it would be um, when someone responds, when someone reacts to the, to, to the message, it was just laughing emojis. Hey, yeah, hey, hey. yeah. Yeah, and that's what pissed me off. I'm like, what? Yeah. Cause that's disrespectful
0: at that point. Like that's not even like him, you know, trying to pretend or he's just
1: laughing in your face. Him and his cousin, the the, the singer. So, oh, but 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 he laughs at everything. So he's, he's, he's a little less involved. Like, I guess he just goes with, with whatever Joe says. That I really don't know. And then Shane, um, the, the guitarist didn't say anything at all. And then they started talking about something else. So I'm like, okay, cool. All right. Whatever. So, Already there, I'm like, okay, fuck this. I'm, I'm not playing with these guys anymore. But I decided to wait a little bit. I talked with you a little about it. I talked with someone else about it. They convinced me, hey, you know, um, you should talk to him in person, blah, blah, blah. I said, all right, well, well maybe. Ugh, okay. <laughs> I didn't really want to. Um, I did want to give it time for me just like for my emotions to cool off and not make an emotional decision. So I waited a few days. That was Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Still annoyed about it. Come Monday we do work together and he had sent me a message about something, um, some trainings I had to complete because his team was doing some whatever. So he was like, Hey, you got a a bunch of trainings. I didn't respond to that. I said, so where's the ledger? (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, ha 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 up your ass with the trainings. And I'm like, okay. All right. Wow. What a prick. And then he's, but like, he's that kind of jokester. Like that's his kind of style. But I already said I was serious before. And then just to make sure, I said, I'm being completely serious, Joe. Yeah, but he's, he's, he's a con man. Completely ignored it. Exactly, yeah. So there, there's no fucking ledger. You're, you're lying. <laughs> and completely ignored it. Like, all right, cool, whatever. So don't really respond to him. I responded about the trainings or whatever. But so then at that point, I was like, yeah, I'm done. That was Monday. Waited till Wednesday when they talked about practice. I'm like, hey, guys, made the decision on like how the band's being run. Uh, So I'm just going to quit. Everyone's like, what the fuck? Really? And then out of nowhere, now he's, he's like, why? What's going on? Uh, Could you like, tell us more? And then he starts sending pictures of like, um, the, the, the the ledger stuff where he writes everything down. Like, so right now there's $200 and we're he's going into his whole thing. I'm like, dude, it's too fucking late.
0: (laughs) Pathetic. So pathetic.
1: I didn't, I, I didn't even respond. I was just like, on, let me just read the exact thing because <laughs> it's funny how like the like the um, his reactions were. I thought they were hilarious. Uh, blah, blah, blah. And then suddenly he's like, you know, he's like, oh, um on a side note, by the way, guys. So we're going to start doing a music video next week and blah, blah, blah. and Bullshit. But. And then. And video he's like oh um any response uh, chimp regarding how you don't like the way the band is being run it's hard not to take that personally considering we do everything we can in our power to have good shows to make sure you feel included which i agree with maybe just maybe you're not good at expressing that you were you weren't fully invested to begin with and it's easier for you to just abruptly quit out of nowhere via ah, text wow what that's or, gaslighting you or, or 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 is it just commitment issues in general you mind sharing your thought process in this time with honesty and not some generalized bullshit you put in a two-sentence text? Wow, my thought process is that you're a piece <laughs> of shit, and you can go
0: to hell. You go to hell and you die. And I didn't respond to any of that. Yeah, I, like, I would. <laughs> I, I mean, why
1: even waste your breath? Like, this is such. This is a vampire. It's you like, know, it's like, dude. Like, I I gave plenty of signs that I was being completely fucking serious. I
0: don't, People are weird, and I guess we live in this strange society where there's so much bullshit and to the point where people expect it from each other like they just expect to not be honest with each other to be exaggerating to be misleading it's very confusing to me i mean i'm in my like i'm almost in my late 30s <laughs> <laughs> you're in your late 30s uh, you're in your late mid 30s i'm in my early late 30s <laughs> i'm in the second half of my my third decade my fourth decade, fourth decade. yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know, I, don't, I, I try to avoid bullshit. I try to avoid bullshitting people. I try to be direct, but I understand that a lot of people have all kinds of neurotic and strange psychological. I mean, I got my neuroses as well. There's no doubt about it. I'm a very quirky person. But when it comes to my professional life and my time, right, like
1: how I choose to spend my time, just don't bullshit me, man. Don't bullshit me. And I know on my end it's an ego thing. I'm definitely responding with my ego. But like I said earlier, our relationship How well, wasn't close. Like it's not an ego thing. No, 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 no. I to mean, totally because because uh, I feel I I feel disrespect. I feel like, like
0: were you invited to be the band bitch? Like hey, chimp, come and be our bitch. Like you know, once you know, however many times a week you can come and be our little like fucking French poodle bitch.
1: But I know that it was. I feel like he may have felt like, oh, like, why are you questioning this? Like, you don't trust me? Like, like he wasn't why taking the shit. Why should you trust him? Oh, yeah, I
0: don't trust Exactly. Like, what, what, what kind of rapport or relationship did you guys establish that you're, you know, that you're supposed to trust him? Like, you and me knew each other for a long while before we had really gotten to, into a band together. You know, we had played together plenty of times and we had a friendship. So... You know, we never really had issues like that obviously we we never really made much money in our shows either, but it, it's just so odd to
1: me. but I'd be willing to invest more time and effort to pick up the pieces uh, from the old band if there were when there were issues, but if there were any issues like that, but I didn't feel that need here. I felt like, you know what? well, because I think I don't have to deal with this with the with the old band. I mean we
0: I think there was at least a sense that there was something to build up to. Whereas it it seems like in this other circumstance, this guy was treating it like he owned the band and he was treating you like you were an employee. Right. Even though you weren't being paid.
1: And if that's the case, then what's my upfront fee? Like, how much am I getting paid per fucking show? Yeah. Because (laughs) if,
0: if I don't get to be an equal, if I don't get to be a partner in the band, then you have to, you know, like I'm not, this is not charity. I'm not a volunteer. Exactly. You know, like I'm a human being participating in
1: a mutual exchange of talent and time. And in, in his mindset, like to him, as he, he, as he says, this job is a side job. Music is my real thing. But,
0: that, but that's, the, the, this is where it's like a con man. What a con man, because if music is your real thing, why would you treat it so carelessly? Right. Right. Why would you treat the business of it so carelessly and treat other musicians so carelessly? Yeah,
1: so even so considerately, it's horrible. I agree. So I mean, honestly, in the end, it's just like I, I kind of see you differently, and I just don't want to play music with you. So yeah, there's a certain
0: like with the captain, right? Like the moment the guy flips his shit, it's like I don't want to work on this guy's boat anymore. Like, okay, you apologize to me, but I don't want to work on this boat. Yeah, you, you know, like I don't want to be around this energy. Where like now I know that there's this horrible like black cloud above everyone in this boat. And because they all have to put up with you, they all have to work with you. Like, that's probably why that woman was so pissed and why she was like sticking her feet in hatches. <laughs> this is a whole other thing. It's like, you know, if there's a big hole in the ground, like don't be near the big hole in the ground, like be away from the big hole
1: in the ground. And that way you avoid getting hurt by the big hole in the ground. I would just, ugh. <laughs> But to just play devil's advocate, I mean, there's plenty of times in work settings, now this is something where, you you know, you want to keep your job. You have to deal with people you don't like or in bad situations. This is situations you may feel uncomfortable, and there's plenty and plenty of situations where certain people at work have been like, you know, I, don't, I feel really uncomfortable around here, or this is, you know, like... It's like, dude, just fucking deal with it. Suck it up, Buttercup. <laughs> it up. You want your job or not? Like, yeah, I mean,
0: I don't mind being uncomfortable, and I'm certainly very physically uncomfortable at my job all the time. I mean, like a lot of my job is sticking maybe half of my body into a hole, sometimes upside down, sometimes you know, like in strange positions, and for hours at a time. So it's um, I don't mind being uncomfortable. When when did you start owning fans? <laughs> only sets come on only sets you know no, only it's only sets,
1: sets. <laughs> so on that note I mean I still have the music bug in me I kind of want to do um, a new set list just for like solo stuff yeah it's like I can go to like an open mic and play like three songs or something so I'm gonna start working on that and that's all I got Okay well, i'm 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 happy for
0: you that you are that you are still passionate about music and that you're still, you know, um, persisting in trying to pursue it. and I make more chimp challenges. Yeah, please do, please do because I also I need to get that, you know, that bug again. I mean, I told you not too long ago that I want to try to re-record some of our tracks. I'm waiting. we got the mics, pa- particularly old-fashioned standoff. I really want to redo that song because, that's just a, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say it's timeless, but it's definitely going to last our lifetime.
1: But <laughs> those lyrics, yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, man. And the I mean, the context is all coming back. I wrote that as sort of like a, a at least the lyrics, right? Because you wrote the music part.
1: Um, you should, we should write down the, the lyrics and kind of read them on the next show. Yeah,
0: I, I could do that. But it was all about um, 9-11 and the war on terror and the way that our government, was acting after the war on terror and I still have this music video in my head that one day I wanna make. And maybe if we re record the song we could finally uh finally do some of that. So especially with the value for value and all of these shows that are being created around the podcasting, I think it's a really good opportunity. We're I think we're in a unique time that if we can get this done soon, we can get a lot of people, you know, I mean What's a lot, right? Like hundreds of people, thousands of people to hear our, our tracks, and that would be cool. And then be able to interact with them, right? So of those hundreds or thousands of people that if they wanted to, they'd be able to reach out to us directly through the Lightning Network. So that's exciting to me because that that creates a new opportunity, many new opportunities, a new, a new industry. You know, like what are the ways that fans and, and musicians and creative people, what ways are we going to find to create new culture and to grow culture, to share culture? I I think back on, um, I can't remember who wrote it, but there was like someone who had written some sort of essay about like a thousand fans, like 1000 fans. Let me see. Um, 1000 fans theory, maybe. Yeah, Kevin Kelly, who also had ri- written another essay. that but, Okay, so 1,000 True Fans is proposed by Wired Magazine's senior maverick Kevin Kelly back in 2008 and states that all an artist needs is 1,000 true fans to maintain a fruitful, if unspectacular career, thereby relieving the artist of the need for some of the nastier things in life as a regular job. So to me, this is... This is the future of a lot of creativity and a lot of artistry is going to be people living a middle class life as an artist instead of artists being such an exclusive and elite group and such a tiny, tiny vanishing population of people. But they live like these super, you know, super high lifestyles. And they don't necessarily like control their cash flow very well. <laughs> so some of them go broke as soon as they stop making new records. We're going to have new ways. Like, and I've been thinking about these kinds of things for years. Like, so crowdfunding or crowdsourcing. So imagine, I, I, I think of like um, when, when the band, got, the album was In Rainbows, Radiohead, right? So Radiohead released In Rainbows and, and they allowed people to pay whatever they wanted. For that album, and I believe that um, T- Tom York has also released his subsequent albums, like on a similar, or maybe some of them, on a similar model. And so that was that was like very value for value, right? Where they create the product, they release the product, and then they're like, okay, well, you can kind of, well, but if you didn't hear it yet, right? Then you had to kind of guess what you thought it was worth. Well, with a thousand true fans, or let's say even less than a thousand true fans, I mean, maybe a, a hundred true fans you're going to be able to start doing things, right? Like a hundred true fans can fund something, you know, like maybe a hundred true fans could fund a live stream someday, right? Like maybe just for an hour or for a couple hours. But so there's going to be a lot of opportunities that don't exist right now because of the way these corporations uh, monopolize information, right? They monopolize the distribution. They monopolize the content. They monopolize the marketing. And it's, it's nuts. Like it's such a fiat world and Bitcoin is creating this new opportunity. And I would love for us to be a part of it.
1: So when artists thinking of like artists back in, like maybe the 1200s
0: <laughs> musicians, well,
1: that's it was- a very
0: different context. <laughs>
1: But I guess it was still kind of the same thing. I mean, if you ended up being, um, if you had a patron who was, you know, like a lord or a king or anything like that, then there's still a small group of musicians, small percentage of all the musicians being being funded by these, these larger entities. Or you got to imagine like a, a composer
0: versus a musician, right? Sure. So you got this guy like a Mozart or a Beethoven who is being patronized and then you've got just these people who are expected to play it, you know? So if it's a whole orchestra, whoops, if it's a whole orchestra, you know, like all those people in that orchestra are not necessarily famous. Now today, because of the internet, if someone does work for a famous orchestra, they are going to be um, like regarded and revered within their niche, right? So you got to imagine that if, if you work for the, I can't even remember what city, but there's a few cities that had like really famous Philharmonicas or whatever. So if you were the first <laughs> Philharmonica, Philharmonic, oh my God, don't even, <laughs> <laughs> Philharmonica. Um, so if you were like at the, you know, the, the first violin of the Philharmonic, then violin fans all over the world would know of you. Whereas that's something that would not have been the case in the 1200s and at you can, all.
1: And you can maintain your brand through through social media.
0: Yeah. Something that you couldn't have done before. Um, but now, I mean, the opportunity is, there's just so many opportunities. Like I'm, I'm not going to limit it to the idea that, that singer-songwriter type people are now going to be able to, uh, it's going to be, I'm not going to say it's easier, but I think it's going to be a more viable career to be a, you know, a recording artist. Whereas I don't think it's really been a viable career for most people for most of time being a musician has, I'm not going to say it's always been a viable career, but if you, if you're talented and then if you're dedicated and persistent, then it is a viable career. So we know, we know people who are musicians. Um, I think of like Tony, um, Tony Cruz. Oh yeah. You know, so he's, he's a working musician. He works, Local venues, local restaurants, and things like that. Um, you know, our, our drummer friend Candido he he works, you know, does drumming for different events and different bands. So it's a thing that you can do. But these are guys are not millionaires, right? Like they're, I would consider them working class.
1: For sure. I remember the first time I listened to Ain rables It was a dark room. I had headphones on. And I waited about 30, 40 minutes for the asset to kick in. Uh, (laughs) And then i hit play. Good times. Oh man, that's, it's
0: got a good first song too, right? Like the intro song is pretty, pretty good. So last week we had the Bitcoin Vortex and uh, that's why we had Derek in town. We got to interview him.
1: I have his lighter,
0: Derek. I have your lighter. (laughs) Oh, that's where it went. Okay, well that explains that. You don't
1: remember me running after the car?
0: I do, but I thought you had given it to someone. No, like maybe Roz or something. <laughs> there it is, indeed. So, um, I plan to do another vortex in February. So it's a good amount of time to start planning ahead to get some um, like events organized to invite people. We had three different cities outside of the tri-county area that participated. So it would be cool to try to get some more cities to participate next time. Not that that's necessarily important to me, but um, it seems at this point that probably I'm going to postpone trying to do the 150 to 300 person event in March. And so instead I'm going to just dedicate a little more of my attention to trying to make the Bitcoin vortex in February kind of a, a successful as possible. And then if it's, if that is a successful event, um, then that could kind of be like build momentum and attention necessary to kind of get the, the bigger event going maybe next year. I mean, by next year, I mean 2025. Like, I mean, you know, I, I always get kind of anxious to try to do these different ideas that I have, but the reality is that organizing an event is work. It takes time. It takes planning, you know, and I don't really have a lot of time. So that, you know, it's an issue to be overcome in the near future, but it was a very, t- I had a great time. Can you delegate some of that stuff? Yeah. Um, and, uh, so we're actually going to be having Jay on the show again Ooh. in a few weeks. Um, several weeks Jay, I should say.
1: Jay BTC personal trainer? Yeah.
0: <laughs> he's got a big announcement that he's going to make and, uh, on the you show. You mean Jay with Proof of Work Fitness your Podverse? Yeah, I absolutely mean Jay via Proof of Work Fitness. I mean, with Proof of Work Fitness via Podverse. Yeah, he's going to be on the show again. It's been a little bit more than a year since he was on the show last time, and he's got um, he's been he's been up to a lot of stuff since then. So I'm excited to have him on the show, and he has been very interested in the idea of starting the nonprofit. So he is certainly someone who um, he just put twenty fire emojis in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, but I'm still so aside from like kind of not being so uh, dedicated to doing that bigger event like by March because I just don't want to go insane, so I don't want to like in- mentally commit myself to doing that. Like, I mean, I want to do it, but I'm not committed to being it, it being done at that. It has to be done properly, right? So you know, I'm all about, especially right now when I have a day job and I've kind of got this whole other life that I'm 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 doing during the week. I I just need things to be set up in a certain way before I'm comfortable moving forward with things. So like I was able to pull the the Bitcoin vortex off, you know, it wasn't, I'm not going to say it was a a commercial success, but there was nothing commercial about it. So it it was a success. We had a bunch of people come out, we had a good time, we enjoyed ourselves. So my goal for the next time though, is to get more people to come out. Um, That is the point of the Vortex. So I think with with so much time before February, that should be enough time to like guilt trip at least 30 people. So if I can get 30 people to come to one of the events at the Bitcoin Vortex, that would be good. But let's say 30 will be my week goal and like my high goal will be 60 people.
1: Your weak goal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So, like, I mean, if I get 30, then I'll at least have had more people than came last time, which I think was like 20 something people was how many people came to the barbecue. Did you count yourself? Yeah. Ah. Oh my God. I'm just <laughs> one man. I'm just a man. I mean, at that point, like, okay, should I not count the Bitcoin
1: uh, Grove people because they're a part of Bitcoin Grove and they don't count or do they count? Yeah, it should be new faces. I mean, okay. So, set your goal for how many people there total and then. A goal for new faces. Yeah, but I'm not... I mean, and there were definitely new faces.
0: Like, there was at least one new face for me at every event, which was great. That's good. I always loved that. But my goal is not for new faces. My goal, really, is for all the faces that I already know to come out on that one weekend, which is maybe kind of (laughs) whatever.
1: I got jury duty on Wednesday. What what do you mean you have jury duty on Wednesday? Like that you are going to go to jury on Wednesday? Well, to the selectioning process. Sit in a room, wait till they call you. I've skipped
0: two summons so far.
1: I've skipped every summon since I turned 18. So why did you, why are you going through with this one? Last year I decided, you know what? I'm getting old. I need to go to jury <laughs> and do my civic duty. Ugh, okay. <laughs> I know what the fuck's wrong with me. <laughs> That's sweet, chimp. But, yeah, so... And, you know, work pays for it, so... They pay how much for it? Regular. That's nice. I don't think my company does that. <laughs> so I'll take advantage of that shit. Yeah. Um. But, at the same time, you know, jury sucks. Yeah, I hope, I hope it's not something horrible. And I hope they don't pick you. We'll have an update next week.
0: Indeed. So... Tell me about your stepmom's interpretation of the Israel-Palestine conflict. You told me to bring this up. <laughs> that was the last thing I want to mention, All right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, okay. We can talk about it later. How much time do we no, have?
1: No, no, no. I, I, I remember I was trying to take notes and I'm like, what's one more thing I wanted to m- mention? Okay. So this actually happened in the car today. And she, she is a devout Christian, uh, specifically with the world. Um, remember we started 20 minutes late cause we kept fucking up. <laughs> I would say we have about 15 minutes. Um, Devout Christian since conception,
0: but she, um, she's since conception. That's a pretty bold statement. I, I don't think she was anything at conception. Uh, her family's pretty religious. So. <laughs> I mean, she was a cell at conception, right? With a little halo at the top. Yeah. So she had a soul, but I mean, she wasn't devout at that point. She wasn't even,
1: okay, continue. <laughs> she literally left home to go live with like. With like, um, a monastery, kind of. I'll, t- I'll, I'll tell a story one day. Anyway, <clears throat> the, the what's this? That church with the with the white dove. They're really big in in Brazil. I mentioned before the the Universalist Church. The uni- yeah, that one. Yeah, she's that's what she, that's what she's a part of now. Now, right? Oh, so she converted. Yeah, I mean they're all Christian. All the same shit,
0: right? Okay. Continue. Monotheist. Okay. Anyway, I think I think universalism might be mixed with spiritualism in some form. Definitely not a spiritualist. Doesn't talk about spirits or demons. And... No. Okay, so no, that's I'm confusing
1: things. Like e- even saying the word magic, she's like, "Oh no, that's anti God. Oh, save me, God." <laughs> so to the point of this, <laughs> today she was like. She was like, oh, oh, because we were driving past the synagogue and there's a bunch of cops and everything. And she's like, oh, why are the cops there? Oh, because there's a synagogue. Oh, yeah, you know, they need protection. It's 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 so terrible what's happening, but but I don't know why Israel is filing it, it it's 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 not the Palestinians' fault. They have nothing to do with this. It's all those evil people. The, um uh and she couldn't even say the word Hamas. But she was referring to Hamas as just a group of evil people from, from like years ago, like literally just evil, 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 evil people. And it has nothing to do with Palestine or anything. And those evil people need to be murdered because blah, 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 blah. And it was just interesting how like, because I guess she, she realized what is happening in Palestine with, with Israel and basically apartheid. that. So, She had to make that part of her of of her brain, you know, like accept that. But at the same time, you know, like oh, like those past the Palestinians had nothing to do with this. I don't know why Israel is trying to fight them. It's just these evil people.
0: So it's kind of funny that this is this is the story because I just read this narrative. Maybe it was yesterday. And the story goes that, well, so one of the details that I thought of when you were explaining just now was that Hamas was, the last election in Palestine was 2006. So they haven't had an election in however many years. So maybe that's where that part of the, from a long time ago comes from.
1: No, she means like from like 1900s or even before. Interesting. Like she's saying, oh, this is this has been going on forever. Well, but since, it has been in a way. I know, I know. But, but. but not Hamas, right? Yeah. But, but to her it's just evil people have been doing evil things for, yeah. forever. Well, so
0: but so the story the story was kind of that or the narrative was that the Palestinians are essentially victims of Hamas, which I I'm, I'm totally willing to believe and that that they are essentially victimized by Hamas. So Hamas uses their population, they tax their population so they they you know, charge a lot of fees on top of things to to collect money. So if you buy stuff at the grocery store, like a, that money, part of that money is going to Hamas. Um, Can you make that same argument about, about the U.S. government? We're not talking
1: about the U.S. government. We're victims of the U.S. government.
0: <laughs> we're not talking about the U.S. government. Like, yes, I would say the same thing about the U.S. government. So continue. So it's just that that yes, yeah, so that Hamas therefore is these evil people who are victimizing the Palestinians, and that therefore Israel has to liberate, um, has to has to eliminate Hamas, not only to protect themselves but also to liberate the Palestinians from this victimization. It seems like, but it seems much more likely that the Israelis are just trying to kick, kick the Gazans out of out of Gaza.
1: Yeah. Ooh, so sorry. We had day, we'll <laughs> no, a, thousand stats, a
0: thousand dollars. A thousand. thousand dollars. Whoa, that's one post. One fixed and
1: post. A thousand sats. A thousand sats coming in from anonymous via Podverse, and then another twenty thousand sats from that same anonymous. Assuming we aim to start a Bitcoin nonprofit that focuses on education and security in matters related to Bitcoin. Yeah, that's probably Jay. Yeah. Well, he's anonymous. Don't don't talk. <laughs> Thank yeah. you anonymous AKJ. Yeah, so I'm I mean,
0: you know, we t- we as people who have listened to the show, but if you haven't, we had a um Wes from Bitcoin Bay in Tampa Bay and they just they started the Bitcoin Bay Foundation to try to promote like Bitcoin meetups and Bitcoin education in that area. So since we already have Bitcoin Grove as like a private for-profit organization, I figured that, you know, that my role, especially since I host Bitcoin brunch, just totally out of my own personal interest in meeting people and and promulgating bitcoin knowledge and having interesting discussions about money and economics and politics, it seemed like the the proper direction to go with trying to formalize it whether or not it eventually leads to me Working full time or being dedicated full time to, to Bitcoin education—that is for the future to determine. But at least it seems like the proper direction is to start a nonprofit. That way, I mean, I, I, like I might have entrepreneurial idea ideas every once in a while, but like to me, Bitcoin education is not an entrepreneurial idea. Like I'm not trying to create a profitable business educating people about Bitcoin because that's just not. You know, it's like, I don't know if I've said this on the show already, but I've been saying this at brunch a lot. And I tell Roz all the time, like, are you, are you growing the pie or are you eating the pie? (laughs) And to me, it's in the circumstances under which we live in this tax system. But pies are meant to be eaten. Yes. So I want to eat someone else's pie in the form of a nonprofit organization that people can donate In the form of a tax-deductible, you know, they could make a tax-deductible donation. So then with that tax-deductible donation, we could, for instance, serve food at a meetup that I could then eat. So I could eat the pie, right? Without, you know, paying taxes. You can't bake your pie and also eat it. Of course you can bake your pie. What are you talking about? (laughs) So it was... One discussion, uh, I wanted to bring up a quote, and I'm trying to remember where I was listening to this. Did I get this from the No Agenda show? I usually get these kind of quotes from the No Agenda show, but there was there was a transgendered person, I guess it was a trans woman. I think it was from the No Agenda show. So there was a trans woman that was at a fancy restaurant, and they were called sir by the waiter and so they started yes. they started to throw a hissy fit
1: that had to have been a joke but it,
0: maybe it was a maybe it was a spoof but there was something in there was a quote that was in there that to me just really hit the nail on the head as to what the problem is with the current like uh, transisteria going on in this country
1: Transhysteria. so the
0: quote was it hurts more that it's not intentional because this means so you know, they like i guess they're pointing to themselves right. because this means sir to him right that they're not passing yeah so, so so they're offended that well it's not even that they're not passing it's more so that like that you, that the other person's idea of what a male a man or a woman is is like our no, our, our ideas of, you know, like, okay, well, a woman looks this way and a man looks this way. So what they're essentially saying is it hurts more that it's not intentional because this appearing a certain way means sir to him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But this is, <laughs> and then, but then he later says, I feel like I need to tell him. And so there was something that I just kind of pointed, I, I just kind of noticed in this and It's what I call a performative contradiction. So the person in question, the trans woman, they're making it a point to tell people, don't call me, sir. I identify as she, her, and that's how I want to be referred. But then they don't ask anyone what their gender is. And they assume that their waiter is a, he is a man. And so this is just, this is the performative contradiction is that in their own head, someone who looks like a man is a man, unless they tell you that they're not a man. And then if they tell you that they're not a man, then you have to completely reprogram your brain to like, to now suddenly not. Use the information that you've been like programmed to have in your brain your whole life that a certain appearance is a man and a certain appearance is a woman. And for this one person who said it, you have to now like make sure that no, no, even though they look like a man, they want to be called ma'am and not sir. And as I'm sure I've said on the show before, I'm all about you can call. You should call people whatever they want to be called. Like if someone wants to be called something, I mean, just call them that. Like what's the, I mean, unless it's like something weird, you know, like. Princess. You know, if someone's like, call me pussy pony.
1: You know, at, at my job where people answer <laughs> phones, people do play this game. They're like, oh, what's your preferred name? And those, those, the weirdest fucking shit, like, oh, I think King, King something or some. <laughs> and then unfortunately you have to do it it's so fucking stupid like this the company i work for is finally backpulling on this because the last year they realized how stupid it was
0: because yeah, they had their employees saying some really horrible things probably like over and over again in a conversation Well, i'm not gonna call you that well you, why'd you ask me that <laughs> yeah pretty much like i mean it's but it is also weird when they don't ask you and then they just decide what they're gonna call you and then they call you something weird like if someone calls me Mister Barbosa, it's just weird for me. Like I, like no one calls me that. Like I haven't been called that since the last time I was in a government building. In a school, probably. Yeah, <laughs> public school. That's for sure. That's for sure. So you know, I, um, I didn't bring that up because I, I like I wanted to demean anyone, but I just it's important for us to to realize that in our own efforts or pursuit to feel comfortable in our own skin, we have to be careful about the double standards that we create for other people.
1: Yeah, for sure. I completely agree. But my issue is with like, often we'd listen to these clips or a video about like some, some performative motherfucker, some extreme example, or even a more common example. It's just like, and then we all like talk about this one example or this one clip or this set of clips, you know, John and his fucking TikTok clips. And it's like, not everybody is like that. That's for sure.
0: This and, is for sure.
1: And then, you know, like if you actually have a, like a conversation with people, there's a lot of varying opinions and just confusion in general. It's I think it's more so just like fitting in with certain things. I, I
0: Absolutely. <laughs> I, I mean, I think this is what the whole concept of dysmorphia comes from. It's the idea that we think that there is a right body. We think there's a correct body for us. We think there's a correct gender for us. We think there is a correct this or that or the other thing when like, no, there is no correct, any of that stuff. And it is the belief that there is a correct, you know, like, so I think about body dysmorphia, The extent to which I have it is, you know, like if I see physically fit people, like, you know, guys who are, you know, worked out, like Jay's a great example, right? Like here, here's a a really fit guy, right? So there's a part of me that's like, oh, damn, you know, like, wouldn't it be great if I looked like that? And so that's, that's, that's body dysmorphia. Like if you look at someone and then you think for an, even for a brief moment that wouldn't it be good if I didn't look the way I look and I looked the way they looked instead, that is body dysmorphia. But,
1: mm, it's a mental disorder defined by an overwhelming preoccupation. Overwhelming preoccupation. For that moment. With a perceived flaw in one's physical appearance. For that moment,
0: for that moment, I, I'm i willing to dismiss, like I'm willing to think negatively about the way I look, To to, to, to dislike
1: the way that I look. But is it a, feel. is it changing and affecting your life to the point where you can't, you know, you can't like so w- um, work in society or have relationships? Well, obviously, I mean, I'm no, no, <laughs> so but it's not a mental I, I'm, but I'm talking then. about a spectrum, though, right? Okay, like, so I'm talking
0: I, about a spectrum that we could, so that, can feel, that we can take.
1: I, I can feel real depressed. Does not mean I have depression? I can feel like I'm going crazy. Like, oh my God, I have all this energy. It doesn't mean I'm I'm, I'm, I'm suffering from mania. But you might be having a manic
0: episode. I mean, these things are all kind of like spectrumistic. You know, like there is, it's not like it's just yes or no for a lot of these kind of mental stuff. And that's a whole other discussion, concept of mental disorders and mental health. I mean, I... I definitely recognize that people suffer from um, like mental circumstances that make it difficult for them to, uh, to, to function in society or to be uh, productive members of society. But I don't really buy into the industry of like the, the, I guess the psych psychiatry industry, like the notion of the way we taxonomize, the way we categorize mental health. Like I just kind of think of it generally as a pseudoscience. (laughs) Pseudoscience. Yeah. um, Like just the idea. Okay. So this person is behaving a way that we don't like. So when we give them this thing, they don't behave that way. And so it's not so important as to why they were behaving that way, or it's not even necessarily important why the thing that you're giving them makes them stop behaving that way. It's it's just about like the result of, oh, they stopped behaving that way. Can they now become productive members of society? Not in all cases,
1: but in, 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 in many situations. The- but I feel like a lot of times that's what the goal is. Can we normalize them enough to like just, not have to, you know. Yeah,
0: in a lot of cases, but there's also a lot of cases where the goal is just to make, is to make them not become, is to make them less destructive or less problematic because a lot of people are nuisances, right? So you imagine that we're trying to eliminate the nuisance of the person as opposed to, um, to making them productive. So we have like a huge, uh, like disability state. So what, this- if
1: you're, what if you're a nuisance and productive? Like, what about your your captain from earlier? Like, shouldn't he be put away in a straitjacket? <laughs> well, no,
0: I don't think anyone, I don't, I don't necessarily think anyone should be put away with a straitjacket. Um,
1: oh, hold on, hold on. <clears throat> uh, Jay says, I handle situations like this. If I see a non-gender conforming person per their appearance dressing in the opposite traditional sex, I just ask them what their preference is or their pronouns are they're usually very thankful for the thoughtfulness and situations go over much more smoothly than after that.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I, I, and as I said, like, I don't have any problem calling people by whatever it is that they
1: want to be called by. My goal is not to make someone feel insecure or negative about how they look, but rather to help them adopt a more positive mindset towards themselves, because you must love yourself in order to be disciplined in order to do what it takes to have a fit <laughs> and athletic body that other people admire. <laughs> and then Jay, you know, raises his pecs and goes, wink, wink. <laughs> you know, those are not pecs. Those
0: are biceps. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, uh, th- thank you for bringing that up. I, I don't feel, I wouldn't say I feel negative. Ooh, you're coming well, in from a side. Well, the, the negativity we is, did you hear that? Isn't? yeah, I did. The negativity is in terms of like the self image, right? But it's not like, I feel It's not like I feel bad about it per se, but it's just kind of like the getting out of my head for a moment or for, you know the, and I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to change, right? So I just think it's a I mean, uh, uh, this is so this is, what a complicated, complicated scenario and, and situation. Do whatever you want to do with your body, right? Like if you're an adult, do whatever the hell you want to do with your body that you think is going to make you happy. But if you ask my opinion and you happen to be listening to my podcast right now, I think we should be very, very cautious and what's another word for cautious, right? Like you should take your time and and be very thoughtful about drastically changing your physiology, um, I have a couple tattoos and, and, and I sometimes even kind of, you know, question myself about having those tattoos. Like, have I defiled the sanctity of my body? And, uh, you know, sometimes maybe I get a little bit in that mental space, but most of the time I'm like, eh, whatever. It's not that big a deal. And you know what, if you want to like chop off this or add that, or, you know, like stretch this out and what, you know, like whatever. Okay. It's your body. I 'm not here to tell you what to do with your body. I wonder if it's going to make you happy. Getting physically fit unlike a lot of these other things that people might do with their body is probably going to make you feel good emotionally. <laughs> you know, like when I used to bike all the time i was I was pretty happy about that. Um, so getting physically fit like it's, you know but as opposed to let's say um not getting physically fit, but getting like a a pectoral implant, you know, or like imagine, oh, here's a great one. If you were unhappy with your penis size because you thought you were too small. Viagra. You know, so no, like you pay some surgeon to like somehow make your dick bigger. That's... You know, I mean, if it's a micro penis and you're somehow incapable of getting like a woman pregnant and that's what you're trying to do, then maybe in that Artificial circumstance, instead of and yeah, exactly. Right. Like, I don't, have, just like, what, what, what is this whole world coming to? <laughs> I'm okay. Yeah. I don't even know what I'm getting
1: at anymore. And I think a lot of it comes from like, I guess like a lack of confidence in like in oneself, Like. I guess a, 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 a lot of these people who mm, these people <laughs> <laughs> a lot people. of people a, a lot of people who um I guess subscribe to to day them or you know or these gender nonconforming ideas I mean it's like you can have effeminate men and more masculine women that doesn't mean that the man is a woman and the woman is a man. It's just like, there's a reason why we call them men and women. And it's just like, I I, I feel like rather than, then in, in people's heads, there has to be this perfect decision between man and woman. And when their thoughts of themselves don't fit that, then they have to switch, you know, rather than being, Oh, you know, I'm a more masculine woman. No, I must be a man. But, you're not you know it's it's not it's it's not black and white it's you can be gray that's for sure and
0: life isn't fair so life isn't fair
1: and then with the whole day them thing (laughs) i've met here we go i have met a lot of day thems who are very very much female and it's I guess that's something more I have to understand myself. It's not necessarily that they're gender non-conforming. It's more of like a, of, I guess, a virtue signal in a way. It's definitely a virtue signal. But something that like they truly believe in, not just because, I mean, maybe some of them it's because, you know, they're just going along with the thing. But it's really just trying to go against the establishment. It's just, it's, it's the new punk, unfortunately.
0: Well, uh, yeah, there is an unfortunate aspect to it, but there's also an aspect to it with which I sympathize greatly. I mean, I am the resident social justice warrior, despite everything I've just said. Um, and I don't believe in gender. You
1: fucking liberal!
0: Right? Like, I, I don't believe in gender. So to me, you know, so I would say that I am gender non-conforming, even though I am male passing, right? So, like, anyone who saw me... And who didn't worry about any of these things, like they would just say, well, Captain Brunch is a guy and that's a man and that's all well and good. And, you know, to me, it's not that big a deal. So I'm not offended by that the way that people, you know, the way that these um, like the trans hysterics get (laughs) trans hysteria. We need a jingle. (laughs) Um, But I don't identify as a man, you know, like I don't I, I, I don't. Like, I know that I was born with a penis. Maybe that's too much information. Dox <laughs> <Talks> um, yourself. <laughs> right? Yep. Everyone knows now. You're all going to be able to find me in a crowd. Um, but that doesn't define me, right? Like, I, I think I understood at a pretty young age, probably my teens, though, like my early teens, that a lot of this stuff is just made up cultural nonsense. The the Barbies and the G.I. Joes, the pink and the and the brown, or the, you know monster trucks and um, nail salons. Like this is all just cultural. None of this is inherent to humans. This is human culture. This is stuff we invented. This is just about a time and a place. It's people like it because this is what we've been taught. This is what we've seen. This is what, you know, our friend had. And we, you know, we were jealous of our friend for some reason. that That's what all that stuff is. But, the culture gets so mixed up with, you know, like, what is nature? What is natural? And we get into all these debates, you know, like, is are humans creation natural? Are humans natural? Or, you know, or are, are human creations artificial? Are they synthetic? You know, uh, and it's the same thing, I think, with, uh, with gender, right? Like, is gender natural or is it synthetic? I argue that it's synthetic. I think it's a concept that we've created. And, and, and I would distinguish that from sex. And I mean,
1: but I mean, I mean,
0: mean, even sex though, like even sex doesn't exist, but I would distinguish sex from gender as two things that don't exist, but are not the same thing. (laughs) Okay. But, but
1: men and women have played those roles throughout all cultures for, you know, they played what roles, sex roles talking about to conceive children yes to, like, to, okay to,
0: like the female has always been the in the human species the female has always been the one in to human carry species yes to carry the child yes i agree with this i mean like you and i know what that means but what does that mean <laughs>
1: well,
0: what does that it's, mean because it's, it's just that like we know that there are things like intersex you know <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: oh we have a panda sighting we have a panda sighting Oh my God! Hannah will be at Big Point brunch tomorrow. Ooh, it's gonna be a special brunch. So you were saying? <laughs> <laughs> Just that.
0: Okay, so in uh, like in philosophy, they have this concept called an ideal type, or it's like I guess it's a philosophical concept, but it's not strictly, it's not strict to philosophy. So in mathematics, for instance, you have the like you have a circle. So you have the idea of a circle and a circle is this like um perfectly you know curved line that you know creates this shape that we're all used to but humans cannot create a perfect circle like we cannot draw a perfect circle we cannot for instance on a computer screen we cannot generate a perfect circle because the resolution you know there's a limited resolution to whatever it is that we generate. What about the band? (laughs) And so it's the same thing with, um, with like, let's say gender with gender. You have like this concept of male and female. They are ideal types, right? Like, so it's the concept of a dog, right? Like, Oh, a dog. Like, what is the definition of a dog? But then when you look at the genetics, when you go into the biology of it, it gets like super complicated. Like where does a dog begin? And, a wolf end, you know, and it's, it's, it's complex, right? Like some dogs can mate with other dogs, but some dogs can't mate with other dogs because of their, sometimes it's genetics and sometimes it's just physiology, right? Like sometimes the dog is so tiny that it can't have a, a kid with this like gigantic dog because it'll just like, it just wrecks it, you know, like whatever the hell happens. So it, it, it's not clear cut male and female, the roles are pretty clear cut in terms of you know carrying carrying children versus just providing half of the genetics for the carrying of the children which is the distinction between male and female in the human species but beyond that, that that's that's just it like what else is there you know all the other stuff is just culture and then even the notion of who is male and who is female like you have to you'd have to look at the genetics, right? And because there are, again, there are intersex people and it's a a small, tiny portion of the population, but it is, they're human beings, they exist and we shouldn't, we should not, I don't think it's fair to discount their existence simply because they are a very small
1: portion of the population. Yeah, I mean, we shouldn't discount their existence, but it's also, the exception shouldn't be the rule. Just because someone's born with three penises doesn't mean every man has three penises.
0: Yeah, but what I'm saying, but what I would say is that that if everyone else was born with one penis and then maybe this tiny little percentage of the population was born with three penises, I would say the conclusion is that there is actually no correct number of penises. It just so happens that in the human species, generally the number of penises is one and that is what's useful for procreation and probably the three penises is not so useful. I mean, how many of them can even produce sperm, you know, like, dude, can they all ejaculate or just one of the three? You know, these are, these are
1: important questions. (laughs) Traffic. (laughs) Ingestion. Traffic jam. So what is the point of all this? (laughs) Because you're saying sex doesn't exist, gender doesn't exist. Yet, we can agree that these things do exist in culture and are useful for the culture's different cultures to flourish.
0: Well, I mean, I don't know how useful they are. They they have some utility. Like if you needed to find someone to carry a child, then yes, then you would want to know the difference between a male and a female. But if you didn't need someone to carry a child, like what does it matter who can carry a child and who can't carry a child? Like if you needed a cup of water, like in a restaurant, you know, so something we can invent a waiter, right? Like we've invented the waiter, like the, it doesn't, you know, the male, female, like it, it, everyone can intersect. like everyone can serve the water except people who don't have hands or who have, like not deformed. everyone can have the baby <laughs> I, not, and not all females can have, see, this is where the problem comes, right? Because when we, we find some kind of a rule. So it might be like, you know, well, XX and XY, like with the chromosomes, but again, then we have these like intersex people who I don't know what the difference is with them. We know we're gonna. Ha- I'm gonna have why to do, do you some keep research. Mentioning intersex? Because it, it it's just like biology. You know, why does it exist? And and if if you are an intersex person, then there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing. There's no reason for you not to exist. How many intersex people do you know? I probably maybe one. I don't know. I'm not. You know, it's it's hard to say. Like. I'm going to have to do more research on this. This is for sure.
1: But. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, I hope your research includes videos. Oh, wow. On a very large resolution monitor. Got one right here.
0: Coming in from Bitcoin Grove. This was Saturday Night Lit, November
1: 4th. And this is Chimp trying to think of a show title. Thank you again, Jay, I mean, Anonymous for those (laughs) 21,000 sats. And we'll see Panda at Bitcoin Brunch. It's Captain Brunch, hoping you all have a good night. Chimp signing out. Peace.